Why isn't there we go. All right, so we're live. It's me, it's me, it's M A W T. We are back with another episode of the huge pop sports broadcast. And today our special guest is none other than the ninth a nineteen ninety-two NCAA championship winning goalie for the Lake Superior State University Lakers. He spent some time in the NHL with the Ottawa Senators and the San Jose Sharks. He is none other than this man, Mr. Darren Madeley. Welcome How to the show. Doing? Thank How you. Doing? doing amazing. Just kind of honored to be on it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for uh, taking time out of your day to uh, talk a little bit about your experience in hockey and, and just – in life in general. Um, so before we get started, I have to let you know that I was my son's age when I first started watching you play. <laughs> um, I remember, and it was the 92, it was the 91, 92. It was a, it was the, you're, the 91 season and then the 92 championship seasons are the two that I remember most vividly. I was 10 and 11 years old at that point. And I remember being just like enamored with going to play, going to watch you guys play. Right. And um, because that was my first taste of live hockey. That was my first. Um, anyway, long story short, we're in we're in gym class and all of my friends were like, I wanna be I'm 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 Wayne Gretzky, I'm I'm Mario Lemieux, and I and I'm the goalie, right? So I'm like, no, 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 man, I got you. I'm Darren Madeley. I mean that that that's my that's my story. You know, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I end up being a basketball player, not a hockey player, because I can't skate, right? So <laughs> it's important. Um, but Going into the youth hockey, uh, did you play in other sports growing up? I played as many as I could. I loved it. I um, I think that's one of the problems nowadays. Um, growing up in Southern Ontario, fast pitch was my favorite sport. Um, I had a really good teammates in that. I played with Curtis Joseph growing up. He was a year older, but we'd play together every other year and um, it was interesting to find out when I made it to the NHL, how many guys I'd actually played fast pitch growing against growing up again. And so it was kind of, you know, the blue Jays came in in the mid seventies. So baseball wasn't really what it is now, but fast pitch was huge. And, uh, you know, there was a guy from Sioux, Ontario that I remember just being a beast of a pitcher, um, Darren Zach and uh, could throw high nineties and it was just crazy, but um, played ball hockey, played soccer, played volleyball in high school, uh, played lacrosse whenever we could. And just, I think that's why I, you know, when you're a goalie back in that era, your equipment wasn't that great. And so it was a painful position a lot of the time. And once the Ontario championships would be over, I'd throw my equipment in the basement and I wouldn't go get it again until tryouts started. 
And so I was excited to go play fast pitch. And then it was time to play hockey again. I was excited again to get it. So it wasn't a 12-month sport that uh, that felt like a job at any time. It was always it was a fun thing to do all the time. Okay. So you started out as a young um, boy playing with the Bradford Blues, the New Market Flyers, and the Richmond Hill Dines. Did you yep. always know that athletics were going to be your career? No, I always wanted to be a teacher. Um, I was very, very undersized. Uh, my older brother was a really good hockey player. Um, when I, I think he was 15, 16, he had Boston College come watch. But it really wasn't something he wanted to move on to. Um, and so I was kind of the I'm five years younger than him. And then I have another brother who's three years younger than me. So we just kind of beat each other up all the time playing whatever sport we could. And uh, I was the smallest one and the mouthiest one. Um, And so growing up, teaching was always something I wanted. And, you know, hockey was hockey was great. I I always hoped to be a college hockey player at some point to help me kind of get to that part. But I was I know my first year at Lake State, I was one hundred and thirty six pounds. I was 5'11 with a 3% body fat, and Coach Anzalone thought I was going to die every game, so it didn't matter. <laughs> and uh, it would put something in my drink on the water bottle just to keep me going. But the whole intent for me was to just play as long as they would let me and then eventually become either a history or a psychology teacher. Okay. Cool. So... That kind of answered the question I had, but uh, when did you, like, decide, like, at what age level did you decide that, all right, this is what I want to do? Like, as far as, like, I want to take it seriously now. Like, this is what's going to – this is my – not my meal right. ticket, but this is my ticket forward. It's it's interesting because um, my second last year at juniors, we had a really good team. We were able to go – the year before that, Curtis and I were the goalie tandem of the year – and we were in last place and then we were playing fast pitch on our team. And I remember he, he said, I got, we can't play together anymore. Like we got to break up. And, uh, and he went to Notre Dame, the hounds to play. And so I stayed, we had a really good run. We ended up going to the Ontario finals and listen to the Barry Colts. And at the end of the year, a new coach came in and said, Hey, why didn't you answer any of these letters from colleges? And I had never heard from anybody. I just figured you're not good enough to do this. Um, Keep playing juniors as long as you can. And when I saw that the letters had been hidden, I got upset and I quit hockey. I said, I'm done. So I quit juniors and uh, had a chance to go to school in, in Canada to play. And then at the start of the school year, the guy who replaced me in Richmond Hill tore his ACL right before the Pepsi shootout. And they called and said, just fill in for the weekend. We promise we won't bug you again. And I had a bunch of friends still on the team. So I went and played and the first game of the tournament was against Lindros and the St. Mike's team that sent 15 guys D1. And we got steamrolled. We lost six, nothing. Um, 
but I stopped 60 shots in the game. And three schools came down to talk to me right after that. And I remember going home that night and saying to my dad, hey, this is what just happened. He said, go to bed. I'm like, all right. And so I just kind of laid there like, oh, what's going on? And then when I woke up, he said, you know what? You're going to take a shot at this. I don't want you ever regret not at least taking a shot. None of those offers were guaranteed. And so that was the moment when I said, I got to get serious about this because there is a chance now that I can finally get to that spot. And so I went in and decided to play one last year at juniors. Thought I was going to sit around at home all day and then just go play hockey. And he said, oh, by the way, you're getting a job. And so I went and worked for my uncle who was building fences on Highway 400 and kind of did that all winter. But that was the point that I decided, you know what, let's let's see how far we can go with this. So you were the goalie for LSSU um, from 1989 to 1992. In 92, when that final buzzer buzzed and you were national champions, can you run through that moment, how that felt? Well, it's wild because I replaced a guy who was not just an awesome person, um, but was, you know, a legend at Lake State and Bruce Offord. And I went up the spring before my freshman year to do a semester at Lake State and got to meet him and, and didn't spend a lot of time with him, but just kind of watched who he was and, uh, and I kept looking at that damn ring on his finger because they had won it in 88. And I would have dreams all the time of, of winning a national championship and what it would be like to have that ring and to have the connection that they had had. Um, when we, the buzzer wasn't what got me. Um, Jay Ness scored an empty netter with five seconds left, three seconds left. And I remember everything going blank. Mm -hmm. I couldn't hear a thing. I couldn't hear the Wisconsin fans who had been just, they're unbelievable fans, but so obnoxious all game. And, uh, and everything just kind of went into slow motion for me. And I just kept saying to myself, enjoy the moment, enjoy the moment. And the next thing I remember is sitting in the locker room and everybody had, had already gone to the bus because Constantin and I stayed and did ESPN interviews and, and I didn't get a chance to actually celebrate in the room, which is a regret. And so from that moment till the time where I looked down and when I got to take this Jersey off for the last time was kind of like you, you go from an unbelievable high to, I can't believe I don't get to play for this school ever again. And so it's it's just a weird, weird feeling. And and I I get to enjoy the championship more now um, and in the years following it. But at that time, it was just so much like you've worked so hard with these guys and so long to to get to this point and to you think it's gonna be the most amazing experience of your life but you just go numb. You're so tired from kind of the journey. And, and for that journey, I, I'm not sure how many people remember, 
we went into Ohio State and got swept. They were eighth or ninth place. And uh, and it looked like kind of the season was over. And then all of a sudden, we just hit a run that everybody was so dialed in. And, you know, Brian Ralston hit a different level of, of freshman. The best clutch player I've ever played with is Clayton Beddoes. And all of a sudden, we caught a run, and, and it was too hard to explain, other than we had the best coach in college hockey. You know, he, everybody we played against, we knew what you were doing before you did. And to smack Wisconsin and to smack Minnesota and beat Michigan State and beat Michigan, and probably the scariest game of all of that run was Alaska. That was our first that was the regional semis and no one knew how good they were and they were absolutely outstanding. So once that buzzer eventually went, you're, you're excited that it happened, but you're just numb. Okay. So going back to when you decided to go to Lake state, like what was decided? What made you decide this is where I, this is my home. This is where I need to be. Uh, a gentleman risked his career for me. Um, I grew up knowing about RPI and, you know, Adam Oates, Darren Pupa were, were two guys that I knew of and, and RPI and Princeton were the other two teams that were talking to me. RPI was the team I wanted to go to. And right before Christmas, the assistant coach for RPI took me to Tim Hortons and sat me down and said, this could cost me my career, but the head coach is using you to get a guy from Saskatchewan to commit. He goes, Jeff Jackson is where you want to be. He's the guy you want to play for because he's going to take care of you. And if Lake state offers, do not hesitate. And I just sat there and I was angry because I was like, just another time grown-ups in hockey were not completely honest. And then, uh, boom, I, Coach Jackson came to see me and said, you know, we want to fly you in an offer. And I remember sitting down with Coach Anzalone, and before he even handed me if there was a scholarship, what there was a scholarship, I said to him, I'll see you next year. I will be here right away. And the gentleman from RPI's name was Bill Cahill. And to me, for what that gentleman did for me, I kept in touch with him until the day he passed away because he risked his career for someone he rarely, barely knew. And the best part of the story, not for the guy that did it, but the guy who went to RPI uh, didn't make it past Christmas his freshman year. And so it was kind of like mm, karma kicked in. Whereas I went to a program that anytime I see that anchor, I, I still get chills and it's, it, it is a home for me, that place. Awesome. So your stay at Lake State, um, you had the opportunity to be a Hobie Baker award finalist. That has to mean the world to uh, a hockey player at, at your age at that time. It, it was, it was interesting. I remember being in the semifinals getting ready to play for Michigan state and, 
a reporter said to me, you know, what do you think your odds are of winning the Hobie Baker? And I said, you know what? I, I really, it's not that I don't care or don't want to win it, but I want to win a national title more because an individual award is, is great, but you don't get that in hockey without 25 great people around you. And so that national championship means so much more to be a finalist is amazing to be a two time all first team all American is great. And then I was fortunate to be the, the hockey news player of the year, but those things are just kind of secondary compared to anytime I see Mark Astley, anytime I see Sandy Moger, Constantin, Fauche, um, the guys that left with me, anytime I talk to Ralston, like, that means so much more than just being kind of part of that. And, you know, I've never been shy about speaking my mind when it comes to some things. I would like to see the Hobie Baker a little bit different. You know, it, it just seems like 10 people voting on something back then just didn't seem right. Sophomore year, Jimmy Dowd had 92 points and didn't win it. That's the best hockey player I'd seen in college or best teammate I've ever had as well. So um, to me, it's an honor to be recognized for something like that. But at the end of the day, the fact that I can say I was part of a, a national championship team far outweighs that. Um, just uh, what is it? I guess it's kind of, kind of piggybacking off what you just said. Uh, you were inducted into the Laker Hall of Fame. Uh, take us through getting that phone call and just that whole process. Like, what was going through your mind when they called you and said, "Hey, this is your this is the deal." The uh, it was interesting because it came via letter in the mail, and I was in the mail room and I opened it up and looked at it and then looked at it again, and then looked at it again to make sure it wasn't like somebody messing with me. And then I took a picture and I sent it to my wife and my children um, was the first thing I did. And then the second thing that came in, my father was pretty ill at the time. Um, he, I called right away to let him know because they sacrificed a lot for me to be able to go um, to Lake State. So to let him know. And then for him, and he had pa he passed away just a few months after the um ceremony for him to be able to be there for that was uh humbling and uh and just an emotional time but it's like your your brain goes into rewind when something like that happens and and i can still remember kind of going back in the smell of the north center um what it was like to walk around the rink before every game, what it was like to walk into that stupid weight room that I hated with a passion and hide behind the punching bag and, and just all these amazing things. Like I met my wife the first night I was at Lake State. Um, and so just you go through that, you go through the great things that happened. And it's amazing how the negative things that may have gone on at different times that kind of challenge you, I completely forget about. And uh, and so 
to then have Mark Ashley go in with me, who was my roommate, that just, you couldn't have topped it off better than that. So it was, uh, it was definitely an honor. Um, a couple of years before that, going in with my team was, was something that was meant just as much to me, just that special bond and, and moment to do that. You still reach out to those guys on from the championship team? A lot of them, yeah. Anytime we can, and and luckily it's with social media. You can send messages. A lot of them that we shouldn't read ever, but um, <laughs> just you know, every once in a while when I, you're feeling down, that's the weirdest part. Like when I need to kind of feel better about things, I'll send. Ashley a, a message and uh you know I I had a backup goalie and Dave Gilbert who was one of the the best humans in the world who ended up going with coach Jackson to be his equipment manager my other roommate Paulie Boyer I had him for two years with the Red Wings I'll send him messages when I can and and quite honestly coach Jackson anytime Anytime I'm worried about him now, I send him a message, which is, which is kind of weird. If, if they don't win, then I'll just send him one saying how much, remember how much I appreciate everything you did. Yeah. So to have, you can't understand what Laker hockey is unless you were there at that time. And it's not just, I was, I just applied for the AD job at Lake State and, um, and it was going in a great direction. And then my, my current players came in and said, Hey, um, you made us a promise. And I went, yes, I did. And, and withdrew my name, um, from doing it. But in that interview, it reminded me of all those things like Laker hockey wasn't just the 26 guys in that room. Laker hockey was the Pingators who my parents would go and have dinner with when they would go up there to watch games. Um, you know, just bought a car from someone I had promised when I signed with Ottawa that eventually I would buy a car from them. And I finally <laughs> bought one off Steve. So, um, but it was, you know, the Bogers, they took me in that first weekend that I got there and made me, somebody they had never met, feel comfortable and and appreciate it. And it, you know, it was the you know Chris Bullock, who's my wife's roommate, whose mom was a teacher, and would let me go to her classroom and mess around um, anytime I wanted to. It was the little kids after the game. There's, I don't care who you are. There's nothing better than winning a game at Lake State, hitting that bell, and then standing in that hallway signing autographs for little kids. Because they are genuine, they are innocent, they are just so happy to be there. And if you're not more excited, more honored on your side, then you're not a true Laker. Um, it's the people in the cafeteria, the people in the business office. Ruthie used to make me a chocolate cake for my birthday, like that's not what you're going to find a lot of places. And so Laker hockey 
was, and I'm hoping it's becoming that again, is just a big community. Um, that I, I had close friends that were in Brady Hall with me that allowed me to get away from hockey. Bushka and Betts were a couple of guys and Mackey that lived right across from me that took the pressure away from a Michigan, Michigan state weekend. We could just hang out and laugh. So, you know, Laker hockey, it's not just the 26 guys that are there. It's everything around it. It's Boyer it was Gil Soames. It was just a, a special, amazing time that if you could go back, wow, I would do it in a heartbeat. Absolutely. And again, I probably said thank you back in nine, like 91, 92, but thank you. <laughs> I mean, because I remember being that little kid and watching right. you kids, you guys play and just being like, like we, I, I, I had to keep remind, like I had to go back and really think about everything. Um, and I want to say <clears throat> during the 91 and the 92 seasons, we made at least one of the uh, two games, either the Friday night or the Saturday night game. Every, every week or every time you guys were home, we were there. Right. And I mean, I remember like, like you said, it, it, it is a special environment. It, it's, and I actually ended up going and uh, have and spending two years up at Lake State and trying going to a hockey game and sitting with next to nobody in that arena right. bothered me. Like as a Laker fan, it bothered me for the longest time. Of like, why aren't people here? Right. And, and it was crazy because even during school breaks, that building would be 3,600 people. Mm-hmm. people from Sioux, Ontario would come over and watch. We would go over and watch the Greyhounds play. And it was that horn after a goal. I've got friends like Mike Gilmore who played at Michigan State. He's like, I hate your rink. He goes, atmosphere is great, but that damn horn was – and I'm like, if you didn't get chills when that thing went off, right. then there was something wrong with you. And it was hard to come up to that building and play against us because Friday night, we were going to beat you up. We had huge forwards, fast centermen, and then our D were always really strong. And we beat you up so that the second night, you didn't want to be there. And if you look at all our games, like even that last year, we beat Michigan 3-2 in overtime and then 10-0 the next night. And it was just one of those ways that we could use that home ice advantage really, really strong. And again, you know, not all the guys had the chance to move on and play in the NHL, but damn, were we good. And we have a lot of great people in that room. And I, you know, I talked to Dougie LaProd a lot. I can't think of a guy on that team over those three years that I had beef with or or didn't want to see or didn't like you know like brothers you're going to get into arguments and when you're a team that just wants to win practices were competitive um and guys would battle hard but it never left the ice and that's what kind of made it it's special and and i still 
attribute that to the teams before me because they laid that foundation of you know Terry Hossick and and Paul Gerard and and Chris Dahlquist and Joey Sean who was my goalie coach for a while they set that up so that when I got there I just kind of had to jump on the train so you mentioned the hospital like everyone else that came into uh, the Norris Center they thought it was a hostile environment. What were the arenas that you didn't like going to or the ones that you liked going to because of other reasons? Right. I loved Yoast. I thought ice was great. The lighting was great. Um, and you knew if you weren't ready to play, you could get lit up. And so that was the kind of rink that I just, I really enjoyed playing in. The crowd was incredible and somehow they knew my it was before internet but they found out my wife jennifer's name and decided to chant it and uh and it was just a lot of kind of fun to get going i didn't love michigan state i thought it was kind of it was beautiful rink one of the greatest hockey coaches in the history of college hockey and coach mason and amazing teams great teams you had to be ready to play but it was kind of quiet. It was just a very subdued type of rink to play in. Western Michigan was a great rink to play in because the people were rowdy. Bowling Green was intimidating with the low ceiling and it was really loud. UIC, if I could have said, you know what, just play the other goalie, please. That would be great and don't make me go down there. It was a big basketball stadium that had a thousand people so there was no atmosphere uh made it tough fair state was fun to play in it was a tight rink um miami of ohio their my second year became a really good team and so it became a fun rink to play in and then uh outside of that we got to travel to maine and play against the University of Maine in their building. And that was just a blast. It's, you can't get scared in that rink because if you do, you're gonna get lit up. So you're always ready to go. And then Joe Lewis Arena, you know, in my three years, we went 13 and one, I think it was, or something crazy. Anytime we played in there, we lost the first, my freshman year, we lost in the championship. I didn't play very well. Um, but other than that, we never lost another game in there. And so that was another uh, special place to go to. Well, before, like, okay, so the, you mentioned the Joe. As a, as a kid, I had heard a story about something that, was there like a mouse or a rat that was in the Joe? Like, what was, what was that story? It was cockroach. a cockroach. We found a cockroach. Um, in the playoffs, and instead of killing it, we decided we'd make it our mascot, and it actually traveled with us. So we got a cup, <laughs> we cut some holes in it, we fed it, um, and it made it all the way to the national championship. It actually died after the championship, but <laughs> it was uh, it was crawling through the shower, and we were like, well, we need some kind of karma, some good luck, and so cockroach came alive. Shock uh, a roach. <laughs> I can't believe we traveled with it. But I can't <laughs> believe we were allowed to travel with it. 
Um, but yeah, it was it was interesting. Wow. So in January 6, 2023, you, your um, team at Rice Memorial High School, um, you guys reached a major milestone in your career of coach, the 500th victory. How does that feel um, bringing your experience to the kids and them experiencing the winning 500th for you? Made me feel old that it takes <laughs> a long time to win that many games. Um it's interesting because we're at Ridley College, which is a great rival for us. It's a lot of OHL draft picks play for them, and their coach, Mike McCord, is one of the best people in hockey. And uh, the game ended, and the team, my players were actually waiting inside the locker room, and I got doused with a lot of cold water. Um, I didn't have a speech after. I just said thank you and then i jumped in the car to drive back to the hotel and something came over me to just start calling different players from the previous 18 years and some of them i just left a message and said i just want to tell you we got to 500 as a program and just wanted to thank you for everything you did and as i sat in the hotel that night i went back to how did I get here? Because I still don't know how I got here at times. I was coaching the U.S. national team. Um, not an easy thing to do as a Canadian and a proud, proud Canadian to coach the U.S. <laughs> um, every time we'd play Canada, I'd be like, can we tie? And, we tie. Uh, <laughs> but I was able to get some. I had Jimmy Howard is one of my favorites of all time. He played for us. Corey Schneider, Patrick Kane, Phil Kessel, and... I was coaching these unbelievable players, but I wasn't seeing my family and my kids were younger. And, you know, my, my daughter was in sixth grade. My son was in third. My wife really wanted to go back to school to get her master's. And uh, the guy was David Quinn, who I was working with in Ann Arbor said, he's got a friend at Lake Forest Academy who wants to start a, prep hockey program can you go there and then you and i i'm going to come get you and we'll go to nebraska omaha and so the intent was just to come in here for a couple of years and i was sitting there in the hotel going how did i get to 18 years from that i was supposed to be gone by now and then the more you think about it and the more you go my son graduated from the university of toronto with his master's in education because of this place. My wife has a MCA, or a, a master's, um, so she's the head counselor at LFA. My daughter works for one of the top, uh, my daughter works for one of the top doctors in Illinois right now. This doesn't happen if I don't get that opportunity. And so family-wise, yes, it was a huge bonus. Personally, the amount of unbelievable kids I've had the chance to coach. Like I wouldn't have traded anything to move on to any team from here. And so as I went back, yeah, I started thinking about all the guys who are doctors now, which is kind of incredible. I had one player whose grandfather designed the Canadian flag, Matheson. I was able to have a family like that here, but I truly have a program 
of kids that care not right at the start, but I brought Laker hockey to here, even though it's a much different environment. They find out right away that Rennie Chapdelaine told me the first day I was at Lake State, they had just swept Fair State in the playoffs. And I was standing out in the parking lot in a snowstorm. And he grabbed me and he said, don't F this up. And I had no idea what he meant. But I was scared because Reg was a big guy. And, uh, and then as I got in the program, I realized what he was saying, which was so many people have worked so hard for you to get this opportunity. Don't mess this up. And so we've done that with this program as well, where I look at the kind of the guys the first year who I think were terrified when they saw what I was trying to accomplish, but they're still close. And one of them I sent to Lake State, Brett Wall, um, was a kid who out of Ohio, I thought would be a perfect fit up there. And currently I'm sending my defenseman is committed to Lake State. Uh, my captain, he's six five, six six. He'll probably be seven foot by the end of it. Um, <laughs> but I go back to all these games that we've had, and it's just crazy to think you get to five hundred when you only play forty five games a year, right. and sometimes fifty. But just to, the wins are great. But again, the, the kids that I've had, the kids that I have here right now, like. When I was applying for the Lake State job just a few weeks ago, um, I was honest with them and they came in and said, we know it's your school. We know it's your home. We know it's basically your heart. But we wouldn't have come here if it wasn't for you. And you promised us that you would give us everything you've got and I went, you guys suck. And, uh, <laughs> and said, you're right. You're 100% right. And so I called and, and kind of told them what had happened. And Lake State was amazing the way they, they understood exactly what. Because it was hard. It was really hard. The only thing I've ever wanted to do was go back there to be AD. Um, but my team means my word more than anything. And so part of that, I know it's a long answer. The 500 wins are because of the kids that are in my room right now. They don't care about themselves as much as they care about the teammates. Nothing beats that. You're right. You're right. Absolutely. I know you're, you have to be gone here in a few minutes. I just want to take this time to say thank you for spending the last uh, 20 minutes or just shy of an hour with us. Uh, I really appreciate you. I really appreciate everything you did back in, in the nineties, playing your heart out, giving your blood, sweat and tears for the, for the universe, for Lake Superior State University and for us as a fan. I appreciate that. And uh, I just, I can't say thank you enough. Thank you. Uh, he's muted, so. Nope. Oh. Can I put him back in? There you go. There I am. Yeah. There Can you, you hear you. me? Yeah. Yep. All right. No, I'd love to come back and continue. 
Um, we're building a, a new field house at the school with okay. three basketball gyms, an indoor track, five squash courts. It's incredible. And the trustees want to go look at a, a building, just new Trier high school down the street. So they wanted to go today at, at one to, to take a look at it. But I, anytime we can talk about Laker hockey and Sault Ste. Marie, I'm in hundred percent and also want to give a quick shout out to the, you know, it's interesting. I watch it a little bit uh, religiously now, but the Laker women's club team, like I watch to see that they're winning and, and if, how they're doing. Cause man, I'd love to see them become a D one program as well yeah. with the, with the guys team. Cause you know, I was fortunate I got to play pro for 10 years. Nothing comes close to being a Laker hockey player. Wow. It was just, it's that special to me. Awesome, and like thank I was for- saying, like I was saying, uh, thank you for everything that you did for that program to take it to that next level and, and entertain us as fans for the three years you were there. Um, means a lot. It meant a lot to 11 or 10, 11, 9, 10, 11 year old me. I know that. And I just want to say thank you. And I know for a fact that um, if it wasn't, I'm just giving my sister a shout out. If it wasn't for her being up there at college, Kim Rogers, I would never came up to uh, see a Laker hockey game. So Kim's awesome. Yeah. He spoke highly of you. You guys had some run ins um, while you guys were students up there. So yeah, we were. So yeah. Just good, friendly run-ins. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, thank you, man. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day. If you need me on again, I'll be there. All right, man. Thank thank you. you. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. See ya. See ya. Bye. Bye. That was cool, man. Um, Go ahead, man. Hearing the stories that he just told, it, it it honestly it took me back to like just when I was Andrew's age and sitting and watching college hockey and 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 he's right it was a different atmosphere they were I'm serious they were like rock stars they were bigger they were larger in my eyes they were larger than life they were the guys that I would sit and watch and be like, and shoot, I watched more college hockey in those three, two to three years that we went up there every couple weekends to watch. than I did the NHL. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew there was an NHL. I knew we had Detroit Red Wings, right. but I was Lake state Lakers. Like yeah. that's, so. I think what what makes that so special, and I, it's back in the day, you know, it seemed like a team was more of a team. You know what I'm saying? You had everybody getting along. Everybody worked for one goal and purpose. And I know I don't want to throw shade at the current um, situation of because as you progress throughout the years, you see that all over in all kinds of sports. Um, it's now it's a, it's almost turned into about the individual that makes any sense back then it was Darren Madeley and all those guys that he said 
they were all a team. And it just seems like it's changed a lot as we get older and go on. Now, think about this. I'm just throwing this out there. And, Darren, if you're still listening, I'm going to – he played with Brian Ralston, NHL mm-hmm. guy, Clayton oh. Beddoes, NHL, oh. Jimmy Dowd, NHL. Oh. Arguably uh, probably his, one of the best. Yeah. I mean, he played – I think Dan – I think he spent some time with Dan Kutzmer yep. as well. Mm-hmm. All NHL guys. Mm-hmm. He played in the NHL. That team was loaded. Yeah, and he always goes. And he he went, always we return to today, like on his on the podcast. He would say, "It's not about the individual effort." I mean, the five hundredth win that he got. It's not about him coaching. It's about the 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 boys that got him there. He gives credit from eighteen or however long he was coaching, you know. And that just shows how classy Darren Maley is. He is an all-time – he – when I think Laker hockey, and this isn't because he was just on the show either, when I think Laker hockey, I think Darren Maley. Mm-hmm. I do. I think of him. I think of Dowd. That's all the, and, those and, are the names. And Ralston. Those are the three Ralston, that yeah, immediately yeah. pop into my head. Doug, Dougie Waite was another one. Yeah. So those are like the five guys. But, like he said, Sandy Moger, mm-hmm. Dean Hewlett, those mm-hmm. guys. The the guys that maybe didn't make it to the league, but those are the reasons why they won games and won right. that championship, in my yep. opinion. Like, going back and, like, re, like at the time, I was all like, oh, you know, those are the names. Those are the guys that I hear over the PA. But the other guys were guys, like, digging down and, like, getting dirty and getting the job done. Absolutely. You know, and um, I love the fact that he is so committed to his team because you were telling me off air that he was applying for the, the athletic director of Lake state and to, and to, and to address his team like he should have, like he did. Hey, this is what I'm doing. And his team come back to him and say, but you made a promise. And the guy says, you know what? You're right. I made a promise. And to me, that shows so much about the guy's uh, character. Yep. To pass up an opportunity that he dreamt for forever. To stay with a team that he promised that he would not, he would see it till the end. They, I mean, the school that he's at right now, they have, they should feel blessed to have a man in charge of their program like Darren Maley. I just, I thought, I thought that was the coolest thing he ever said. It absolutely, and I love the fact that he basically said he took LSU and made and brought it to them. Absolutely, LSSU. I'm sorry, not Louisiana State University, Lake Superior State University. Uh, we. So he's taken what what they did up there and brought it to his school. And yeah. the atmosphere and the culture is what makes collegiate and high school. Because you, you can see the difference. Um, because, and I'm not throwing shade at, at any other school, but... For example, Claire High School, they run a football program. Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, that football program 
is run completely different than anyone that I played for. And again, I'm not throwing shade at anybody, but they they have a different culture, diff, different style of doing things. And it it has nothing to do with the town you live in. It's the person in charge of the program. And for oh, I'm gonna butcher his butcher his school's name if I don't look it up. Um he uh Oh gosh. Darn it, I'm so sorry. Um Flake Forest Academy, I'm sorry. Um they they obviously have brought the right culture to their to their kids right. and their Absolutely. in their locker room right. with a guy like Darren. So And I noticed that same thing and you know, I don't I'll probably get hate uh hate for this, but uh Detroit Lions, man, last night, I watched that team. That team stayed positive throughout the whole game. And I, I I can't name off the coaches that Detroit has had in the past, but you can see the difference that this coach is making on the sideline, the attitudes of the, of the guys playing, the organization, the fans. Um, he's only been here how many, three years, four years? This is his third year. He's he's made a change. You look like you look at the sideline going, oh, okay, and it's just so cool to see stuff like that. Dan Campbell is the best coach we've had, um, in a long time. Yeah. And uh, but we're gonna end on that, guys. Um, Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Mom, Dad. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Darren, again um, for spending this just shy of an hour with us on a Friday afternoon. Um, this is all week long. I look forward to today um, so I can talk, talk sports. We talk wrestling. I talk wrestling now just one day a week, and um, but this is my favorite time of the time of the week because this is my in my wheelhouse this is i love this um talking to a guy like that i looked up as a as one of my earliest sports influences and just knowing the kind of person he was and is um and again i can't say enough thank you darren um for taking this last hour to hang out with us um That's all I got, and I, I think we have uh, in in about a week we got a we got something big coming. Uh, I'm not gonna spill the beans because it's uh, Scott Scott's deal. He he gets to make the video, and then he's gonna let me know when I can uh, yap my lips and huh. tell everyone what's going on. Yeah, so. All right, guys. Well, thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next uh, next Friday. Thank you, bro. Thank you for everything, man. See you guys.